His will is for us to overcome evil with good so that everyone ultimately comes out winning, not just here, but in eternity, where it really matters. Satan is all evil. He wants to destroy all of that, and that is why he tempts you to break God's establishment. He wants to break the continuity of a healthy and eternal society. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Today we'll be talking about our walk in Christ through our relationships. We need to understand that the only way we can fulfill the Lord's will and be able to attain all the things that God promises those that love Him is by living a real and genuine faith throughout all of our relationships, both personal and public relationships. Our love for God is expressed through the way we treat our neighbors, those that surround us personally and publicly. And the only way this can be achieved is by arming ourselves with the defense and weapons that can only come through the Lord and His provision. Today's message is inspired in the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 1 to 18. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, Heavenly Father, mighty and great God, the one who was and is and is to come, the Almighty of the universe, blessing and honor and glory and praise and majesty be to you, O Lord God, for you are worthy of all things that are most high. Lord God, there is no one like you. No one can do the things that you can, and no one has done the things that you have done for each one of us. Lord God, I praise you and I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I give you thanks, O Lord, for the salvation, for the forgiveness and the mercy that we find through him. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray as always that you may please forgive my sins. Lord God, I, I need you at every moment. I pray, O Lord, in the name of Jesus now, that you may please speak to us through your Holy Spirit, through your word, that you may help us to understand, but above all things, that you may help us, O Lord, to be sensitive, to be respectful, to be humble before you, to know that you are the one that are speaking to us through your word. Blessed be your name forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's key passage reading can be found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 18. This is the word of the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service, as men-pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God through the heart, with good will doing service, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master is also in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. There are two structures that will typically be present in every person's life, and most of the time they will occur together, and these are building blocks for society, if you will. There will always be a personal side to every person, and that is reflected in the family atmosphere, and a public or secular side, which is reflected through the outside or work atmosphere. Most people start with some sort of family life, and I say most because some unfortunate folks do not have parents. But even in that very sad and unfortunate scenario, there is usually some sort of parental form that emerges, maybe even a dysfunctional type, but there is something. Family is the most basic building block in our society. And we see this mentioned where we started to read today. When Paul refers to the parent-children relationship, he gives us some indication on how parents and children need to behave with each other to make things work. And what is interesting is that he starts with the children part first, and what should happen there? Notice that he talks about obedience and that this is the main factor in the relationship, if you will. Why would that be? Last week we spoke about God and how he establishes structure. Obedience is a main ingredient for structure. Is it a requirement to understand in order to obey? The answer is no. When a child is one year old, they really don't understand very much. They are more instinctive than anything. And you can't reason with a small child either. And as they get older, there is still a limited amount of understanding, but a child can understand a directive, an indication, a command. And so it's very simple to follow and establish something when very simple indications are given. And ultimately, the idea is that the parents should be teaching their children things that are essential for survival. That is the rationale behind for why there is a promise of long life and prosperity for children who honor their mother and father. It's twofold. God, of course, blesses a person that obeys their parents. That's the first. But the second is that there is a natural consequence for things to go well with a child that obeys their parents, especially if what the parents are teaching them is well-founded and wise. Typically, no parental figure wants what is bad for their children, especially if they love them. Most parents teach their children things that are good for them, things that will ultimately serve as tools for survival. And this very basic relationship should set the stage for God in the life of a child. God is visible through everything that exists. That is God's first approach to every human, that each one of us start to experience the work of the Lord through our senses. And then this notion of obedience sets the stage for the ability to be able to receive instruction and knowledge. That is why obedience is so important, because there are many great things that just need to be accepted, and everything starts with God. 
That should be the very first thing parents should start teaching their children about. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Do you see how things should work? Parents should talk to their children about the Lord and how to love him all of the time. While you're sitting at home, when you walk with him, when you lie down, when you rise up, or in the morning. How should this happen practically? Well, a parent needs to spend time with their children and they need to have their children around them as much as possible. And while parents and children are together, the parents can talk to their children about their own faith in the Lord and talk about the Lord while they observe things all around them. And of course, the concept of obedience implies that a child is just taking in and absorbing all of that in them. Obedience is a basic building block for learning to occur. When an adult teaches a child that two plus two is four, the child should not doubt that, but rather just absorb and accept it because it's a fundamental reality. The concept of obedience is very simple to understand, so much that even a child can understand it. And related to that, Paul starts to refer to the parents and how they need to treat their children. We already talked about the main thing that a parent should teach their children. Paul refers to training and admonition in the Lord. What does that mean? Training means that you provide instruction to children that will be useful to them in practical settings in life. Training, for instance, is something that athletes do and soldiers and workers and so on. There is training for everything. So whoever gets trained will be able to apply that training in real life situations. Firefighters are trained all of the time to be able to help rescue people in life-threatening situations. The main form of training that parents should give their children is learning about the Lord and how that knowledge translates to everyday life and what should or should not happen. God trains us through his commandments. He gives us the knowledge of what we need to be trained on so that we know how to attain eternal life and how we need to treat others, including ourselves, throughout our lives while here on earth. God's commandments are not there to torment us or to keep us from having fun and so on. The purpose for God's commandments is so that we may live well and live long, as in live forever. God's teachings to us involve eternity, immortality. That's why it is just not a good idea to disobey God, because when a person disobeys the Lord, they're only hurting themselves and other people around them. That is the main training parents should be giving to their children. And it also says that the training should happen in the admonition of the Lord. And admonition means with love, with understanding, by reasoning. Now, when love is involved, that doesn't mean that there is no discipline. 
Quite frankly, there is discipline in love, especially when things are imperative, because when you love someone, you want the best for them. You want the best outcome for them. So sometimes love may need to be tough. Think about it in this way, and this will help us transition to the next part we'll be looking at, which are work relationships. Think about when a small child throws a tantrum because they just really want something. I'm sure you've seen children in the store starting to yell and scream and crying when they don't get what they want. That's a lovely spectacle, no? Well, if a child is not properly trained to understand that they cannot always get their way, how do you think their interaction will be with others? How do you think that kind of attitude is going to translate to in the workplace? Is it a good idea for a person to throw a tantrum at their boss when he or she does not give them what they want or think they deserve? How about for someone to start yelling and throwing things in the middle of a meeting because things are not going their way? It may sound ridiculous, but a spoiled person can show their disagreement in many ways that are unacceptable in many environments and settings. In today's passage, Paul talks first to bond servants and for them to obey their masters and to do things with fear and trembling and in sincerity. He goes to the point that when working, they should do things as to the Lord. This work relationship can even extend to business owners. Some people think that business owners have nothing to worry about, but that's not true. When a person is a business owner, their boss or master are the clients or customers. And if you don't keep clients and or customers happy, what do you think is going to happen with the business? And quite frankly, business owners may have things even more complicated because there may be more than one client or many, many customers. And so a business owner can have many, many masters. And we see that he also gives masters indications on how they should behave with their bond servants and or workers and that they shouldn't threat them. And Paul reminds people that the Lord is above them and watching. The Lord through the Apostle Paul deals with the family relationship and with the work relationship on the subservient side and on the authority side to ultimately create an atmosphere of collaboration, of care, of respect and order. It's all about being fair with each other, to treat each other well. We need to think that these two structures and our relationships will dictate the outcome of your life on earth. God intends to establish order through the conduct that he instills in this passage. If people follow these very simple directives, the world would be a very different and better place, don't you think? Now, right after these instructions, Paul encourages the readers to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and that we should put on the whole armor of God. Why this sudden transition? There are two main things to keep in mind why this is important. The first of them is that following these directives does not give as a condition of obedience that the authority may be a good and or edifying person. There are such things as bad parents and, of course, bad bosses and masters. Yet, Paul does not say that children are not obligated to do what is right if the parents aren't good, right? And the same goes for the work relationship, that a person is obligated to do what is right, whether they have a good boss or a master or not. Whether we are children, even as adults, or bond servants and or workers, we are obligated to treat them well regardless. That is the first thing to bear in mind. And together with that, if we are to love our enemies, as Christ indicated in the Gospels, then we must surely love our parents and our masters, whether they are good or not. 
and that can be difficult. The second thing to keep in mind is that Satan is out to destroy order. He wants to break families apart just like he wants to destroy a good and productive work environment. And why is that? Because he is an agent of chaos. So that ultimately, none of God's plans come to fruition. He wants to undo and or destroy everything God intends to do. And why is that important to us? Because God is nothing but good intentions for all mankind. Think about it. The word says this, which is a very popular passage from the Bible in the Gospel of John. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so, can you even think that God sent his only begotten son to die for the sins of the world because he wants to destroy mankind? Absolutely not. He loves each and every person, and he shows his love through the structure he puts in place so that our lives can thrive here and now as we use the opportunities we're given to not only build good things while here on earth, but to do things that will count towards eternity for us. That is the level of God's goodness. God wants for us to profit in eternity. And just listen to what God has in store for them that love him. Revelations chapter 21 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. God knows that this world is imperfect because of sin, and he has incredible things in store for those that obey him, for those that do what he tells them to do, for their own good and for the good of others. The word also says this, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, 
but overcome evil with good. This is how we need to behave with each other, whether it be our personal relationships or with our work relationships. His will is for us to overcome evil with good so that everyone ultimately comes out winning, not just here, but in eternity, where it really matters. Satan is all evil. He wants to destroy all of that. And that is why he tempts you to break God's establishment. He wants to break the continuity of a healthy and eternal society. But we can only fulfill these things in Christ and through the tools he gives us. That is the whole purpose of the armor of God. So that rather than giving in to Satan's attacks, that we through Christ should be able to fend them off for our own good and for the good of others. I say that a lot, but it's true. I repeat this over and over because we need to understand that God is looking for the good of all mankind. Because again, God loves the world. The Lord desires for all men to find salvation. But in order to be saved and to be able to live the life that the Bible teaches, we need the indwelling of the Spirit of God. We need His power. We need the armor that Paul explains here. We are not supposed to fight this spiritual war with earthly weapons. We are to fight this war with the defense and the weapons that we find through the Word of God and through the direction and indwelling of the Spirit of God. We need God's truth to protect our waist. We need His righteousness to protect our chest by having on His breastplate. We need to have our feet, our walk protected by the gospel of peace. We need to have our faith in Christ as our shield, as the protection that keeps us safe and unwounded. We need to have on the helmet of salvation that which protects our thoughts, our intentions. And of course, we need the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God as the weapon that we use to retaliate and fend off the evil one. And finally, we need to be constant in prayer and supplication for all of those that belong to Christ so that they can remain strong. We need to constantly speak to the Lord about all the different things that need His intervention. Nothing in this world can help us like the things that God gives those that have come to surrender to him, those that look for his immortality and to impact eternity. We can realize God's purpose through our walk in Christ as we get along and associate with others. This is one of the main things we need to understand. The thing that should be most important to us are other souls, the eternal essence that every person has within. This is the main likeness we have with God. We can either live forever through Him or die forever, to be as if though we never existed, forever separated from life itself. That is why it is so important to protect all of our relationships from the evil one. Our walk with Christ is ultimately reflected through the way we treat others. And in turn, we impact ourselves and others through the way we interact with others. The only way to eternity is by loving the Lord with all that we are and by loving our neighbor as ourselves. Our families are our neighbor. The people we either work for or oversee us are our neighbors. Our enemies are our neighbors. Every single person within our sphere of existence are our neighbors. If we don't live out our lives in such a way that our love for the Lord and our love for our neighbors is evident, we are not doing the Father's will. And if we are not doing the Father's will, then there is no salvation. This is what the scriptures say. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, 
Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so, here is a question. Do you want to be able to withstand the constant attacks of the devil against your house and be able to enter God's kingdom? Or do you want to experience the greatest fall known to any man? to be dismissed by the Father and eternally separated from God and all things good for all eternity? I would urge you for your own good, for the good of others, walk in Christ and thrive in all of your relationships by doing as he tells you to do, no matter who is wrong or right. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, I give you thanks, O God, that your teachings, that your word, are very practical, Lord God, and that we need to understand that we need to live out your truth. We need, Lord God, Heavenly Father, to trust in Christ. We need to put our lives in Christ. We need to submit our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ so that we are able to live out the life that you want us to live and to be able to do the things that you want us to do. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that it is imperative, Lord God, that we walk in Christ in a way that we help all of the relationships that we have. That we, O oh Lord God, are designed to be a blessing to everything and everyone that's around us. Heavenly Father, help us, O oh Lord, not to think selfishly, but to be able to think on your purpose, on your will. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to live out this faith Heavenly Father, help us to be able to do those things that truly bring you honor and glory, but also in turn will bless us immensely, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I praise you for your goodness and for your teaching. Help us, O oh Lord, to treasure your word as the truth that it is. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.